It's time to stop hoping for better days and create them. Every sector of our lives is pretty much pretty much under construction. Family under construction. Career under construction. Relationships under construction. Emotions. I know mine live under construction. Finances under construction. We might as well be under construction together. Welcome back to Under Construction with your girl, Tamar Braxton. Is anyone else excited about inauguration? Look, I know that I am. I'm really looking forward to watching President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris get sworn into office. Now, what changes are you most interested in seeing from our new administration? I mean, for me, I can already feel the change. I don't know about you, but I know for me, two things that I'm eager to see. First, it's having an administration that, look, that is responsible. Let me just put it to you like that. Meaning you ain't popping off on Twitter at everything that works on your nerves and egging everybody else to pop off on Twitter because our president is popping off on Twitter. So that makes it okay, right? If the leader's popping off, everybody else is going to pop off. So No more Twitter fingers. I'm happy about that. And then number two, I'm really, really interested in seeing how they're going to rebuild the economy after COVID. I just feel like COVID really did leave a lot of people handicapped financially. If you're a single mother, single parent, if you are self-employed in terms of our dreams and our goals, starting our own businesses, what does that look like after COVID? Everybody is playing catch up. So I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to build the economy. And I am here for all positive changes. So congrats to President-elect Joe Biden and also Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Cheers to y'all. I might send y'all a bottle or something because you might need it. All right. Now it's time for us to speak some positivity over our lives with our weekly affirmation. Today's affirmation is I am a magnet for divine abundance. I attract money, happiness, and good health. And I'm going to add on a good man. Praise God. Now, you know, you got to speak it with me and you got to say it like you mean it, friends. Okay. Are you ready? I am a magnet for divine abundance. I attract money, happiness, good health, and a good man. Praise God. Praise God. All right. (laughs) Now, if you're a male, say a good woman. But in my shows... A good man. All right. And I'm trusting and believing that that money and, you know, that divine abundance is all wrapped up into one. Okay. Now, look, we're going back to school to learn some much needed lessons in building our credit and establishing sustainable businesses. And yes, I said plural businesses. You got that? We are manifesting some big dreams over here, y'all. And to help us do just that. I've invited John Hope Bryant, the genius behind Operation Hope and a magnitude of other business empires. <sighs> yes, that was a lot because this get your pens and paper ready. OK, so first, while we waiting on y'all, we're going to jump into sharing my thoughts on co-parenting again. Yep, it's a struggle. So we're going to go back into sharing my thoughts on co-parenting. All right. Well, I can honestly say I never anticipated on being nobody's baby mama and I don't like it. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. I just went into a situation with marriage with good intentions and it didn't work out the way that I had planned it. So I got to go this route. I got a baby daddy and he got a baby mama. Okay. But what does that mean for my son? 
Well, it means that since we couldn't figure it out as husband and wife, we have no choice but to do the right thing by our son and figure out the most amicable way for our son to grow up feeling loved, appreciated, and taken care of. Okay? So here are my top three suggestions for co-parenting successfully. Well, you might say, well, Tavon, what, what do you think is successful? And I might just say, number one, poo, respecting privacy. That means I'm not in your business and you're not in mine. All right? No extra questions. All right? If it has nothing to do with my child, don't ask me. And keep my name out your girlfriend's mouth. All right? All right. Now, let's move on. Yes, I don't want to hear about that shit on Instagram or podcast or YouTube If that's your girlfriend, that's your girlfriend. That bitch should say nothing about me. All right. (laughs) That's just for general baby mamas. We all feel this way. I just want you to know that. It's not just me. So two, fulfilling obligations and adhering to agreement set. Now I'm about to throw my microphone on this one because I don't know why people feel like it's okay to change plans at the last minute. It is not okay (laughs) to change plans after the plans are set. Not unless it's an emergency. Please don't make this shit a habit, goddamn. Like, seriously. If we make plans, stick to them. All right? And all right. And number three, prioritizing the child. And that's on period. I mean, nothing else comes before or after your child. That's it. Okay? I can't, no, I can't come pick up the child after the Jets game. No, I can't. No, I can't. Come get your child first and introduce him to football. How about that? All right. Now, I know that everybody's situation is different than mine, and I totally understand and respect that. So take my advice, and whatever works for you, let it work for your situation. Like my mama say, eat the fish and throw away the bones. But I'm just going to say this. Your kid should be your number one priority. We always are striving for peace. All right? And that's Tamar Takes on co-parenting. All right, I'm going to keep it a thou Hey, man, it is all me. All right, y'all, it's time to tap into that keep it a thou thou inbox and pull out a few questions for your girl. And let's see what we got today. Hi, Tamar. I've heard you talk about how great counseling has been for you. But as a sister girl who is scared to try it, however, I know I need it. Can you give us some tips on how you picked a good counselor? Someone that can understand you, you know, culturally. Thank you, sis. Well, sis, first of all, you can't be afraid to go to counseling because you've already chopped your legs off. Okay? Like, there's no way you're growing if you're scared to go. Like, you just got to put it in your mind. Like, I am not afraid to go. I am going to be healed. I am going to tell my thoughts and I'm going to get better. And that's it. Because if you're scared of going, you're not going to get what you need to get out of it. Okay? And to be honest, I think the best way to find a good therapist is word of mouth. Ask your doctors. Ask your aunties or, you know, people who you know are stable and people who you know have been in therapy for a long time. Or, you know, it's trial by error. You know what I'm saying? You just got to try some people out and see what works for you. And that's just what I have to say about that. Now, question number two. Hey, Tay, to help me out, as a boy mom, how do you handle raising a boy? Any tips on staying in touch and in tune with our boys? Love you, girl. 
Yeah, so here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a real girl's girl. And I'm real girly. So I have to catch myself doing stuff when it comes to my son or he'll check me. What's been the most useful for me is coming into his world, finding out what he likes and going from there. Like my son loves Ryan's world. He loves video games. He loves arts and crafts. He loves science projects. And so I do what he likes to do instead of bringing him into mine. I jump into his world. So I think, you know, us moms that are girly girls, the only way we're going to connect with our sons or start to connect with our sons is find out what they really like to do. All right. Well, I'm loving these questions, y'all, and let's keep them coming. To have your questions potentially answered on Under Construction, shoot your girl a note at ucwithtamar at gmail.com. That's the letters ucwithtamar at gmail.com. Up next, we're going into the blueprint. This this is the blueprint. Come on, y'all. Let's go. The U.S. Small Business Administration reported that Black-owned businesses make up only 9.5% of all businesses in the U.S., To break that down in layman's term, there are only 2.6 million businesses owned by black men and women. But here's the kicker. 96% of them have zero employees. So sustainability is hard and scaling is nearly impossible. So I've asked John Hope Bryan, an American entrepreneur, the founder of Operation Hope, an author, philanthropist, and a prominent thought leader to join me. Welcome to Under Construction, John. Honor. Honor. Thank you. We're really happy to have you here. And I know some of my questions may sound a little um, adolescent, but our listeners are not very comfortable. So well, some of them are not very comfortable talking about finances. Money. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And um, I think that's the majority of our community. I know it took me a while to become um, comfortable with having those conversations and asking questions. I mean, I'm new to this <laughs> as well. Bishop T.D. Jakes told me, he said, John, my job is easy. I'm trying to save souls and let people praise and heal people. You're trying to give people turpentine with some sugar on top yes. of it. <laughs> Nobody wants what you, what you offer them. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so that's leads to my first question. Why finance? Why are you in finance? Uh, because it's everything. Uh, if you want to talk about slavery, talk about economics and, and capitalism. Uh, no one brought us here 9,000 miles away because they just wanted to hate on us yeah. <laughs> or hang around us. Yeah. It was because they're trying to build a country for free. The largest reverse transfer of wealth in, the, in world history probably was the 300 years that we worked for free in America. And we couldn't create capital because we were capital. We were traded, financed, insured, brokered. Uh, we were more valuable than crops because crops could fail in a certain area. But you could trade us and move us across country lines, uh, state lines. So from slavery to, uh, you know, what built new, the, the word millionaire came from New York City in 1850, trading cotton. Where did cotton come from? Came from slavery. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, whatever, whatever you, you know, why, why, why are people arguing on you, listening to your show? Husband and wife, money. Yeah. Uh, why somebody have stress and heart attacks? Money. Period. Uh, you know, why are somebody selling drugs in our neighborhood? Money. money. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, but we don't understand it. And we are brilliant when the rules are published and the playing field is level, like the arts, which is what you do, yeah. and like uh, professional sports. We kill it. Yeah. But no one ever gave us the memo on wealth creation, which is different from making money. We know how to get paid. Yeah. We're obsessed with these words. We, I, this drives me nuts. I want to get paid. I want to get this paper. I got to get this money. It, it drives me nuts. That is tr- short-termism. That's today when you build wealth in your sleep. 
It's a mindset. It's called compounding. Yeah. And and so that why why are why are our neighborhoods a mess? You know why 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 are, are black men being killed in by police officers? hundred percent, Tamar, in five hundred credit score neighborhoods. A hundred percent of these shootings by police. Nobody ever says this is in a five hundred credit score neighborhood. George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. Yeah. In a poor. 500 credit score neighborhood. I, this is not coincidental to me. Right. So the color is green. It's not black or white race or red or blue as in politics. It's green. And we don't understand the green other than we want to spend it. Yeah, that's so funny that you said that because what just rang a bell to me was how many people know that their credit scores is in the 500s. You know what I mean? Um, so what can you tell our listeners to help them help them to become more comfortable with conversations about money. When you meet somebody in the club next time, ask them their credit score after saying they're <laughs> 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 And I'm only partially kidding. Right, right. You're seriously like, because, joking. Because, because marriage is a partnership. Yes. Marriage is business yeah. also. Yeah. I mean, business is all around you. Yeah. But we don't take care of our business. No. Oh, she's cute. Oh, she's handsome. But does he have a job? Okay. <laughs> does he is, gain, is he gainfully employed? Yeah. Like, does he have any savings? What's his credit like? Or my my daddy used to say credit. He said his my credit my dad's credit was bad. He used to call it credit. My, he said my credit is bad. My mother knew she had to leave him. Uh, so, <laughs> I asked my mother was she gonna get remarried, uh, and she said, "Well, baby, if I do get married, he'll be a BMW." I said, "Mom, don't be vain. Not a car." She said, "No, no, baby, a black man working." Oh yeah. My credit score is my mom's credit score is eight fifty four. Oh wow. Uh, which means she's not black; she's green. Yeah. And she bought and sold seven homes, working a a a, a job, an hourly job at McDonnell Douglas Aircraft, and she owns seven homes, and now I own seven hundred, okay. literally seven hundred homes, and I didn't own one home uh, uh, three years ago. I bought all these uh, 110 million dollars worth of real estate. This is the lesson of financial literacy. Three years ago, this is not my nonprofit operation. Hope this is my for-profit, the Promise Homes Company, and I just wanted to prove a point. Like people say, well, you know, what's this financial literacy stuff about? Like, why is this important? There's two ways to make more: make money, make more, or spend less. Yeah. Uh, and if your outflow exceeds your inflow, then your overhead will be your downfall. And we're stre- most of us too much month at the end of our money, and we're stressed. Out, yes, <laughs> and we're taking it out on everybody around us, and we have a bad attitude, and nobody yeah. wants that. Nobody wants your attitude. Yeah, nobody wants that. That's not cute. So, why do you think people have such a bad relationship with money and their credit? <clears throat> it's our self-esteem. Mm. You know uh, what was destroyed in, in slavery, and for three hundred years, and for Jim Crow for a hundred years, was our self-esteem. Look, you can have high confidence. You can be great at engineering, or Great at doing hair, or great at you know building a building a, a real estate business, whatever. And you have extraordinarily high confidence because you're competent, yeah. But have extraordinarily low self esteem. And if I don't like me, I'm not going to like you, right? If I don't feel good about me, it's hard for me to feel good about you. Yeah. If I don't love me, how am I going to possibly love you? I keep telling them. If if I don't have a purpose in my life, I'm going to make your life a living hell yeah. because whatever goes around comes around. So it so. We play or hate because we have low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. We get confused between wealth and riches. Riches, see, riches bling. Getting paid blings. That, that, that's on our, when your assets are on your ass, you have a problem. Yeah. And, and so we, because we have low self-esteem, we want a bunch of things. When the reality is, 
not to quote Quincy Jones, my mentor, not one ounce of my self-esteem, this is actually this new book, he's this is actually the quote from my new book that, that he he did the forward for. Not one ounce of my self-esteem depends on your acceptance of me. Mm. Think about that. Not one ounce of my self-esteem or self-worth depends on your acceptance of me. But so we tend to react, not respond. Where does this call come from? It comes from how we were treated during slavery and Jim Crow. But then Lincoln created a bank called the Freedmen's Bank after the Civil War to teach free slaves about money. And he was killed the next month. Wow. So we're not dumb and we're not stupid. We are yeah. brilliant. Yeah. But it's what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us. But we think we know. So we think middle class is a, uh, a leased car, a rented apartment building, a nice wardrobe, wardrobe, and a job. That's not middle class. What is that? Middle, well, that's poverty. Po- Middle class. <laughs> Middle class. He said you are I mean, not balling, boo. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, a ball just ran over you is what happened. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so what, <laughs> what's middle class? Look, look, half of black folks, half of black folks have a credit score below 620. Yeah. You can't get a decent mortgage. Mm-hmm. At prime rates below 650, 680, you can't get, you cannot start a business below 700 because it's called risky credit. Yeah. And they will only give it to you if you have a bullet, bulletproof credit profile, which is 700 or above. Yeah. So now you have all these brilliant people in our neighborhoods, in our communities. What, 41% of us own a home compared to 73% of white folks. Yeah. That's a, that's a number one way you build wealth is home ownership. Yeah. I can yeah. do a whole show with you on why folks need to buy a house costs just as much to buy a house as it does to rent. You're going to benefit from writing the payments off, right, getting getting the appreciation, writing the depreciation off. And, and I mean, and don't get me started on that. We, so we're not owning homes and we don't have insurance, which yes. is the cheapest way to get paid for your to create generational wealth, right? Because uh, you can be 20 years old and get a million dollar policy for 40 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month when you're young. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then we're not owning businesses. Check this out. At 30 million businesses in America. This is how you build wealth. Nine, 9% of that are black businesses. Hold on. 96% of the black businesses don't have an employee. So they're sole proprietorships. With, they're basically self-employment projects. How did I say you build wealth? Compounding. If you don't have employees, then you're just a self-employment project. You're hustling. Try to get that paper. Again, try to get paid during the day. And then, and then that's it. You go to sleep. <laughs> and you wake up and do it the next day. You need two, three, four employees. Yeah. Who are, who are compounding your uh, revenue, working on different clients, you, you, no different than you need one or two homes to rent. So when you go to sleep, you're getting that rental income. Sleep money. Or you need some stocks. or what? We call it sleep money. There you, that, that's it. <laughs> sleep money versus dumb money. Yeah, yeah. Dumb money is financing jewelry. Isn't that silly? <laughs> okay, so here is the thing. Because, because we... Live in the climate in our society that, yeah. you know, makes us feel like the more bling you have, you are showing off your money. You know what I mean? And I'm so, like, off your ignorance. yes, it is ignorance. But you don't kind of get that till, you know, you, you fall You're into, a, yeah, for too, you, <laughs> until it's too late, right? But we see all of these rappers and these people on TV and um, social media. Yeah, well, they don't know that part. <laughs> the business know manager that. does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Look, it's a music business. Yeah. Yeah, but the business manager doesn't tell you about 
um, how to increase your credit or buying a home yeah. or having stocks and bonds. They don't teach you none of that, but still you're paying 5% every month. Qu- Quincy Jones says, if, you're in, if you think you're in the music business and you don't own music rights, publishing rights, yeah. licensing rights, mm-hmm. some kind of rights, you're actually not in the music business. You're a temporary performer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the read yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so what I love about what you're doing is because you're compounding here. You've got you've got your podcast, you've got your music career, you've got your business. You you are showing your audience through, by the way you live in your life that you understand that you are a brand. Yeah, and and that brand is part of building wealth. Yeah, but that took me that, that took me losing everything. To gain well, rainbows the, after storm. Yeah, to, yeah, to it's gain, okay. It's yeah. all good. No, I'm not homeless. shameful. Yeah, you were. Oh, tell us about homeless. that. What happened? Now you have seven hundred. I went broke. Homes. <laughs> 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 How did this financial guru go broke? How does that happen? What are you talking about? Believing too much in my own press. Oh. Confusing Ooh. business with busyness. Ooh. Trying to bling. Trying to profile. Look, there's three types of people like three types of birds. There's eagles, there's buzzards, and there's turkeys. <laughs> Eagle, eagles don't fly in packs. You've yeah. never seen a flock of yeah. eagles. Buzzards love packs. Always play hating you to elevate themselves. All right? Stepping on your head to elevate themselves. They love packs. But turkeys got wings and can't fly. Come on now. <laughs> Just profiling. And I was for a period of time. Uh, you know, We're all at different times of the week, all those birds. You got to be more and more like an eagle. But I was a turkey. Trying to be something I wasn't because my self-esteem uh, uh, personally wasn't strong early in my life. So I, was, I started my first business at nine years old, 10 years old, neighbor candy house, put the liquor store, the candy business when I was 10 years old. I'll, t- I'll tell you the story if you want, if you want me to, but I, I want to com- conserve time for your questions. It's actually an interesting story. I want to know the story. Life. Please tell me. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it quickly. So my mother told me she loved me every day of my life. So I had a self-esteem, thank God, my... Uh, and my mom is in my life like she's your mom is in, in your life. And it's a beautiful thing. And then my dad owned his own business. Uh, and so I had a sense of, yes, I am. And yes, I can. Right. Yeah. But I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I just knew I was somebody. Yeah. So I'm at school and this white banker comes to my classroom to teach financial literacy. It's Compton, California. I'm nine years old. And a white guy, red tie, white shirt, blue suit, nice car in the parking lot. And I raised my hand. Excuse me, sir. Second session. What do you do for a living? And how'd you get rich legally? <laughs> <laughs> and I was dead serious. Right, right. <laughs> because nobody in my neighborhood got rich legally. Right, right. I mean, it was always some game. It was player, player. It was, it was pimping. It was selling drugs. Yeah. It was the, and there, the only, the hustle. The only, the only office building in my, in my neighborhood was the courthouse. Okay. Wow. It was not. And so, uh, I, there was nobody who had a business card, nobody who was on a salary, nobody who had a white shirt. They all had blue shirts. Nobody. I, I, I didn't understand what he did. He's a young man. I'm a banker and I finance entrepreneurs. I said, sir, I've never heard that word entrepreneur in my life. Unfortunately, that's a sin for us. I never heard that. No one had taught me that word. Yeah. Whatever an entrepreneur is, if you're financing them and it's legal, I'm going to be that. I went home, opened the dictionary. Back then it was a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Looked at the word entrepreneur. Kids, they don't even know what the dictionary is. No, it's they like, don't. <laughs> it's a Google search. It's all good. Uh, we got to turn the dumb, our smartphone back into a smartphone from a dumb phone right. and start searching things that make you money and build you wealth. So I, that turned my whole life around. Light came on and I went to the liquor store owner who sold candy in my neighborhood down the street, Mr. Matt. 
So you're selling the wrong kind of candy. He said, go away, little boy. I've got a college degree. I said, that's nice. I've got cavities. You're selling the wrong. <laughs> and and uh, so he didn't, he wouldn't listen to me. And um, so I uh, hire me. He said, well, I want you to be a salesman, sell candy. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be your performer. Uh, I want to be, in, I want to be the box boy. He said, that's the worst job I've got. That's the one I want. Okay. I quit three weeks later because all I wanted to do was go in the box, the, the cold box where, you know, when you go in the gas station now and they push the water up front when you yeah. pick it up in the front. Yeah. I was a guy in the back pushing it forward. Okay. All I wanted to see on the box, T, where did he get his inventory from? <laughs> oh, wow. What was the wholesale rate he paid for? What's the, re- what's the markup? Uh, how much money is he making? What's selling? What's not? Once I confirmed my theory and understood he, what he was doing, I quit. Borrowed $4 from my mother because she's a capitalist and wouldn't give it to me. He loaned it to me. Maybe paid it back. <laughs> and we went to a place, Iris Food Store, in Smart and Final, where he got his inventory from. And anybody who's young watching this, listening to this, this broadcast, know that, that people will, for a time, give you grace. So this mm-hmm. Jewish guy was like, oh, young man with school project. We'll help you out. Gave me free racks. And I ate through half the Indian inventory of that candy. <laughs> and then I sold the other half and made $300. Wow. On a $40 investment. I was hooked. And I made $300 a week, put the liquor store out the candy business, found girls, lost a business, recurring theme in my life. But <laughs> um, that. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's, that's, that, that's that turkey stuff I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. You know, I tell people look, you got to get your priorities straight. Go to school, and I mean K through college. If you're black, you're born on probation in America. You got to go through college. college. Get K through college. Yeah. Then get a high, get a job. Then get a career. Then get married. Then have babies in that order. In that order. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's how I became an entrepreneur. Wow, which that's is to build crazy. Something from nothing. Let me tell you what it is for me. What it is for me is that where did you get? Um, the thought of working in the back to educate yourself, to know everything that you needed to know to start your own business. Like, where did you get that from? Where did that come from? I just, so, so real talk, like, like you, you know, people see the nice, pretty package and assume that you haven't been through something. Yeah. And you and I both have. So, you know, I, I saw two deaths, I'm sorry, murders Mm. before I was nine years old, right in front of me. Um, well, one was right in front of me. One was down the street. My best friend was murdered, hanging out with the drug dealer, oh, Tweet, wow. who lived next to me in Compton. My uncle, my play uncle, who saved my life as I was swallowing my tongue when I was seven years old. Um, he, he was murdered by people who had followed him from home when he was selling marijuana in the wrong neighborhood, and they mm-hmm. wanted him off of their turf. So they drug, they drug him down the street in front of me until he was dead. I'm, I'm watching this. No. And, and so I just started seeing him around my whole neighborhood, these brilliant people. Prison, probation, parole, and death. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Whatever yeah. we're doing, it's not working. Yeah. And so the first, and then I saw my own marriage, my mom and dad divorced over money because my father wouldn't listen to my mother who was financially literate. My, my dad was too slick. He was a really smart guy. He was too slick. By the way, uh, I took care of my father. My, had a, my dad had a, had a business for 54 years, but, but when he died, he died penniless. And I was taking care of him because he made it but couldn't keep it. Mm. Because he made a dollar and spent a dollar fifty, which means the more money he broke, the, the more money he made, the broker he got. The reason I'm telling this story, yeah, is I don't want anybody watching or listening to this program 
to feel ashamed because they have problems. Yeah. Problems is like breathing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a, and a saint is a sinner that got up. Yeah. You are God's child. You are amazing. Whoever you are listening to this, you can do anything you want to do, Absolutely. but you got to get your life straight and you need a business plan. And when I was nine years old, I'm like, I'm not going out like this. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not being shot down on no street corner. I'm not going to prison. I, I will do really badly in prison. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> I don't no, think so. Uh, they, I think you, you don't, went and took that man's business right from under his nose. I got that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm worried about the big dudes who, who see me as candy, not the, I can, I can handle it. it. Yeah, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to go there. So I just, I just, look, it was a process of elimination. Yeah. And I just saw, you know, capitalism has worked for every race but us. Yeah. It's really that simple. Yeah. I don't understand. Look, yes, the government has a role and all this stuff and social justice and civil rights and racism is real. I, I get it. I, again, I wrote all this in my new book, Up From Nothing. I, I detail this, but T, if I can call you T. My, of my course, bad. I'm of trying, course. I'm not trying to be too casual. No. But, <laughs> I call but, you John. But, but, real, but real talk, my... If black was the only problem, my my Caribbean, Jamaican, and Bohemian friends who come mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. why do they kill it in three years? Mm. Why do they own three homes and a business? Yeah. Why does my black Ghanaian friend or my black Nigerian friend come here and own three Uber cars and whatever and kill it in three years? But African Americans, we just as black. In some ways, they're blacker than us, but we're not. So there's a culture issue. Yeah. There's an education issue. There's a We were denied... The basic building blocks of becoming self-reliant and being capitalist, even though we are genius, which makes the Jay-Z's of the world and the U's of the world and everybody who succeeded in spite of, like, brilliance. Imagine what would happen if we all just decided. We're going to be capitalists. Yeah, it's We're the mindset, though, John. Let's talk yeah. about black that. Black capitalists matter. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's, it's the mindset. Once it's you, mindset. Yeah, once you make yeah. the um, decision to change and want to educate yourself and be better and build better, um, it changes everything. But how can the average person um, or po- poverty person, like, change their mindset like you have from nothing? Read them. Well, let's start by reading a book. I am not like he. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we don't read books anymore. We don't read I, books. I mean, we. I'll do a video on. I've got a hundred million video views online. They're all free. I, I do a video, and if I go, I don't know, fifteen minutes, somebody's like, "Can you please? Can you please wrap you it know, up? Wrap it up." I'm like, first of all, this is free. Okay, <laughs> so, so so bounce or shut up. Number two. You listen to the rap video all night. Yes. You you go watch some TV show, a whole series all night, but you won't give me fifteen minutes. So no. so I just think we need to start having real conversations. Like we need. What's that joke Chris Rock said? If you want to make sure nobody robs your house, put your money in a book because criminals don't read. Facts. Uh, we we need to read a book. We need to understand financial literacy. I've yes. written a bunch of them on financial literacy. They're you can get them for eight bucks. That's more than that, that's that's more than call. Starbucks costs more. Okay, but John, we uh, don't want to read though. So what happens when we don't want to read? You're gonna be broke. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a so, fact. So so look, I have financial coaches at Operation Hope. Yeah. All okay. You don't want to read? Fine. Listen then. Go to my financial coach. I'll make this really easy for you. Download the Hope in Hand app. It's free. Uh huh. 
uh, call my 800 number. It's free. <laughs> Go on to my website address for hope, operationhope.org. It's, it's free. It's free. Okay. <laughs> All right. And make an appointment. No, you don't have to drive anywhere in COVID. You can do it virtually. Okay. Right. And in 15 minutes, you'll get your life changed. Most of us have an error on our credit report. I'm going to give you two, two quick examples. Okay. If, and if we can, if, we, if you let us, my coaches, to uh, 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 dispute that to the credit bureaus, there's three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and um, uh, or, uh, there's a FICO score. I'm forgetting the, the third one. Experian, TransUnion, and uh, uh, what well, doesn't matter. It'll come to me. And uh, we will write a letter to the three credit bureaus for you. If they can't confirm that that's yours within 30 days, they must remove it. That's right. the law. When they do that, T, it pops your credit score 40 points. So if you were 580, now you're 620. If you were 620, now you're 660. That Now your self-esteem is up, your confidence is up, your belief is up. You're like, okay, okay. And now the cost of capital came down. Now, second thing, you say to your, let's say to your listeners, you ever heard of the earned income tax credit? Most people say, what's that? Yeah. Great. You, congratulations. You got a check. Because if you make $60,000 a year or less in this country and breathe in a mirror and walk, the government owes you a check for working. So if you make $38,000 a year, got two children, the government owes you $4,000 cash. In fact, if you, if you modify your tax returns today, you may have the money by, by New Year's. And T is retroactive three years. What? Well, man, you may have to go back because I don't, I don't, we, ran, we ran through that. <laughs> she, she's like, wait, 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 slow, slow down. Go, wait a minute. go back. <laughs> go back Let, for the people say, in the back. Now, what happened? Slow it down. For folks in the back of the room, yes. say it again. <laughs> so... So I'll make this real simple. Okay. You make $38,000, $40,000 a year, okay. which is most of us. Right. Got a couple children. The government owes you a check. How? It's, it's called the Earned Income Tax Credit. It's a bonus for working. And $20 billion goes back to the federal treasury every year because you and I never ask for our money. Right. And if you've never filed, it's retroactive three years. So it's not four grand, it's 12 grand. What? Well, what's nobody's the name of <laughs> You don't qualify, Demar. You don't qualify. You you so far out the you, you, you so far out the qualification bucket. The FBI gonna come get come find your house. You try to apply for it. But all your listeners, uh, people in my family, yeah, uh, and mine. You, you, you don't need a tax pro. You don't. You can do it yourself. E I T C. So when they come to my office or call my people, we give them some successes really early, and they, now you got some money in your pocket. Your credit score is up. Your self-esteem is, is, is being restored. You're now feeling like you're part of this capitalist system. You're like, okay, now what? Take that, that 12 grand, that four grand. Pay off a credit card. Pay off your car note. Send your kid to college. Get your mortgage up to date. You know, uh, become financially independent yeah. from that abusive man. Yeah. You know, this is real talk. It is real so talk. So that's what gets people interested in financial literacy. We're speaking financial literacy with business mogul John Hope Bryant, and we'll be right back after this break. We're back into the blueprint to continue our conversation with John Ho Bryant, and now we're moving our conversation into creating generational wealth. So if one is trying to save, what what do you suggest? And, and they're already stretched for money. You know what Stay I mean? Stay out of the mall. <laughs> He's so funny to me, y'all. <laughs> Stop <laughs> going so to Starbucks. Simple. But what if they're Stop not already doing cigarettes. those things? What if they're just really, uh, like, literally living check to check? How does one save? How does one ever come out of that? So I, I, I have found very few situations, if somebody would give our coaches a chance mm -hmm. to, to look at their, their budget, 
I found very few places where we can't create income. Uh, again, it's two ways to make money. Make more, spend less. People are wasting money and don't even realize it. They're on like, oh, what, though? What are they wasting money on? They're at Starbucks three times a week. Okay. Uh, if you, so if you go, to, you go to Starbucks three times a week and you smoke cigarettes, that's $6,000 a year. Yeah. If you make $36,000 a year, that's 20% of your income. Stop right there. I, I, I'm going to say it again for folks at the back of the room. Yes, yes. <laughs> If you smoke cigarettes, and by the way, the box says this crap will kill you. So <laughs> you shouldn't be smoking them anyway. Right. But you do stop doing that and get some Folgers at home and make your own coffee. <laughs> okay. Me. One uh, will talk about me. They call me frugal now. I am pr- a proud frugal person. <laughs> okay. I got I got my little my little K-pods over here. I make my I got my I put my own creamer in. I got not, I ain't no shame in my game. Yeah. Uh so you you can so you can create uh, uh, wealth for yourself. Look, you don't need 58 channels on cable. Get three. Right, right. right. Oh, that's okay. good. That's you know, good. You know, uh, there's there's just a number of, of carpool, right? Uh, stop trying to buy a BMW when you make $12 an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, more, the, the maintenance payments, will, the maintenance charges will kill you. So, and we get, look, here's another problem we got. We have to stop asking what the payment is when there's an interest rate attached. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we, we, this is a problem. We're like, what's the payment? What's yeah, the payment? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, they, be, they charge you 28, they, 28% entrance. <laughs> and we asking, what's the payment? Yeah. You Look, it's not a Mercedes. It's Mercedes payment. <laughs> Mercedes. Oh, my God. Who do you with this money? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got me. You got me late in the afternoon when I ain't got no patience. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Okay. So, you know, we can sit and talk to you um, all day, but... <laughs> You have to promise me, Mr. John, you will find some time in your schedule to come back because I no think pleasure. at least once a month we need you. We need your input, and we definitely um, want to make some changes, especially in this year, because we all took a whole bunch of L's last year. We all just yeah. want to get educated, which for me is the number one thing, and yeah. also to do better because why? We're under construction, right? Under construction. Under construction. And with a software, and, and with a software upgrade attached. I love the name of your show. And I love your spirit, and I love what you're doing, and count on me anytime. Let me say this, yes. uh, if you don't mind. No, go. We know somebody, most of us, who dealt drugs. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me stop right now. Where did NASCAR came from? It came from moonshine running. Moonshine runners in the Appalachian Mountains, whites, poor whites, were running from the police. They realized there was no future in that, but they were good drivers. They converted that into race car driving, and now they have logos from corporations on their cars that's where that came from. They made it. They made it uh, respectable. I didn't know are, that. If, yep. So people. So so drug dealing is immoral. It's unethical. It's a bad business plan. It's going to end in bad things. But what they're not is dumb. Yes. They understand import, export, finance, marketing, wholesale, retail, customer service, security, territory, logistics. It goes on and on and on. These are just illegitimate entrepreneurs. Yeah. We think about the the. If you're a gang member, you're just a frustrated union organizer. <laughs> If you're a, if you're a drug dealer, you're a entrepreneur with ba- a bad business plan. You said but the gang the is talent. the union. There's a frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But look at the talent in our community. Yeah, look at yeah, for real though. If we just organize, and I created something called the One Million Black Business Initiative with Shopify, we're going to stand up a million new black businesses in ten years. And I'm dead serious about turning all of this this talent we've got yeah. into our communities into real wealth. Breaking these shackles, creating social justice through economic empowerment and ownership, and taking our lives back. Aren't we sick and tired Man. of being sick and tired? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Read a book and call my coach. 
Call your coach. Yes. Um, So from this conversation and also to our community, what, what do you, what would you say is your biggest takeaway from what we've been discussing? Oh my God. We've got so much potential. I know. Yeah. That's what frustrates me the most. That's what, that's what frustrates me and keeps me going. We have so much potential. My God. Again, look at what we've done in your business, your industry, the arts, and look in professional sports. I mean, heck, we playing, we, we killing it in tennis, in golf, you know? I mean, we're not supposed to be in F1 racing. Yeah. Wherever we go, when the rules are published, the playing field is level, and we get the memo, we kill it. I want to see us knee-deep in capitalism, entrepreneurship, small business ownership, job creation. The best way to stop a bullet in our neighborhood is a job. We have got to, we have got to knock it off. We've got to, we got to stop making dumb sexy. We've made dumb sexy for way too long. We got to start making smart sexy again. Yeah. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm obsessed with. And I've dedicated my life to. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is from what you said. Dumb ain't sexy. Sorry. Nope. Check his credit. <laughs> you know, dumb, dumb equals dumb at the end of the day. You know, and we don't like to use those words around here, but um, at the end of the day, we have to like take a look in the mirror and really be real with ourselves. You know what I mean? And we're stop not, we're not talking so, about a dumb person. No, we're, we're not. About, we're, decisions, stupid, decisions, 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 decisions. Yeah, yeah and, and we have to stop trying to keep up with the Joneses and try to look like everybody else and, you know, want to be on Instagram bling blinging without a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. That's not it. Spending money we don't have Come on. on things that don't matter. Trying to impress people we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. I just want to say, we, and this yeah. is what I want to say to my females. Those new, shiny, eight $900 shoes get old. I'm just and, saying. And, and the stock you could have bought for, with it Come, does not. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well take that money and invest in that money and see quadruple the amount. You know, and not have your shoes in the closet collecting dust because that's all that it is going to do is collect dust. You know what I've learned in all this? What? There are no ugly billionaires. I mean, <laughs> no, there is not. And they don't smell either. They're perfect. Nope. <laughs> there are no ugly billionaires. They really aren't. No, there is. They're all attractive. Very much so. Fine. <laughs> yes, fine with a chiseled body. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, John! Thank you so much um, for coming. Love First of all, can you please plug your new book, please, for the people who needs to read? Y'all go get the book, please. <laughs> well, I even did it on audio. If you can't read, just listen to it. Oh, okay, uh, that makes it easier. If you don't, if you don't care, you know, no, you don't. Everybody can read. If you don't want to read. <laughs> You can listen to it. You listen to me droll on. on. I, I, I read it. I don't know what I was getting myself into when I decided to read it, but I read it. So you can get the digital version. It's called Up From Nothing, The Untold Story of How We All Succeed. It's my fifth book, uh, three of which are bestsellers. And I think I'm the only bestselling author on economics and ownership who's black. Um, it, 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 it is about mindset. It's what you were yes, talking about is. earlier. We just need to get our minds right. We need to get our heads right. Yeah. And, every, and wealth will follow. I mean, you already shamed, ladies and gentlemen, when you broke. <laughs> it doesn't get worse. Okay. No, it doesn't. You're, you are at the bottom. You might as well go yeah. ahead on and get that ladder and go up and up and up. It's time. It you is time. You can't fall from the floor. No, you can't. No, you can't. I mean, what are we, 
What are we ashamed of? Anyway, producers like, can you, y'all need to wrap this I up. I know. John, John Ho Bryant, I mean, what a blessing to have you here on Under Construction. You got to come back. Promise me right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, You're coming anytime back. Anytime you want. Anytime okay, you great. Want. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that John set aside some time to get us up to speed on rebuilding our credit and for sharing some of the amazing initiatives he's established to help restore hope and provide a blueprint to pursuing your dreams. This has been a lot of great information. So if you need to listen to this week's episode again, which I recommend, please do so and share it with someone who can truly benefit from all the amazing resources discussed. Well, that's our show for today. And I look forward to chatting with you next week and bring your friends along because the more people we get on our under construction journey, the happier we're setting ourselves up to be. Well, remember, I love you. I mean it. And until next time, stay under construction. Bye. Under Construction is a production of Mosauce, a Stitcher brand. It's produced by Angel Lavitz. Our recording engineer and sound designer is Rashad Smith. Our executive producer is T-Square. Music provided by Radio, an audio everywhere company. More Sauce.